0: Welcome to Travel Tips Tuesday with John Rogers. On today's show, you'll learn up-to-date, creative, and personal tips that will help you make your travel dreams a reality. Enjoy today's episode. Here's John. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another fun episode of Travel Tips Tuesday. We're going to be spending a little bit of time today talking about my recent trip to Walt Disney World. We're going to chat a little bit about the Disney holiday season as well. But before we get into that, As you may know, if you're a regular listener to Travel Tips Tuesday or maybe you watch it live on Facebook, we have this little thing called the question of the day. And Normally, I'll start off the episode and we'll ask that question. This is the intro portion, so I'll record this after we've done the live portion of the show, but I've got a special question for you podcast listeners out there, and I'm only going to have this out there for you all to hear. So please, please, please message me your answer. This tells me if you've been listening on podcast or not. Here's your question. We are going to be having a Disney Imagineer or former Disney Imagineer on the show here in about two or three weeks. And I would love to know, if you have a question for a Disney Imagineer, what would that be? The one that we're going to be talking to had a key developmental role in the creation of Tower of Terror. He also had a key role in developing Streetmosphere uh, across uh, Walt Disney World property and several other key projects in kind of the modern his- history of Disney Park. So if you could ask an Imagineer any question, what would that be? Let me know. Shoot me an email, Rogers at travelmation.net or a Facebook message on my personal page or a podcast or travel page would be fine as well. So thank you all again so much for joining us for another episode. We do hope you enjoy it and let's get into it, shall we? Tonight, this is November the 10th, 2020. And this is Travel Tips Tuesday, and our question of the day is, where are you going on your next trip? So if there's one thing that is apparent right now, is that people want to travel. People are traveling, and they are doing so safely. I had the pleasure to travel to Walt Disney World last week. I flew from my local airport on American Airlines through Charlotte, which is a major regional hub for American Airlines, on down to Orlando, and it was a great experience. You know, you know, I would say 99% of the people were, you know, adhering to the facial covering and mask policy covering both both nose and mouth uh, while I was on the planes and the airport and all of that. I'm going to get into uh, a little bit of that at Disney here in just a minute. But, you know, spoiler alert, um, most people, you know, we're respecting that policy. So, um, again, I would love to hear from where from you and where you're going on your next trip. Several of you have already responded in my uh, news feed, which is awesome. So, All right, so our Disney tri- trip recap, I'm really going to focus on uh, my day at Magic Kingdom. may talk a little bit about Disney's Hollywood Studios, which is the other park that I had a chance to visit, but we'll mostly focus on Magic Kingdom. We do have a special guest announcement, and I'm really excited about this. I've been hinting at this for a few weeks now, and that is we're going to have former Disney Imagineer. He was a Disney Imagineer for about 10 years. Uh, He had a key developmental role in um, the creation of uh, the Tower of Terror at Disney's Hollywood Studios. He had a few other creative roles in in different parts of the parks. Uh, He coined the term Streetmosphere, helped implement that at Walt Disney World. He coined the term Downtown Disney. uh, And he's done a lot of other work, even has done some work at Universal. And most amazingly, like the coolest thing uh, about this conversation we're going to have with McNair Wilson is his name. Uh, the coolest thing is that he actually got to meet Walt Disney as a child. And, and the story and what happened there is absolutely amazing. I've heard it several times. And every time I hear this him tell the story, I get chills on the back of my neck, which is awesome. So uh, we're probably going to do that the first Tuesday in uh, December. Uh, we're likely going to take Thanksgiving week off. We may do a pre-recorded podcast episode that week, um, but just be on the lookout for that very, very soon. I'll be posting some more information about that, and we'll love to have you join us. And it will be live. It will be live. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun, and as always, it will be available on our podcast feed. So the holiday decorations are up. That's our kind of Disney news point, and where we're going to kick off tonight. The holiday decorations are up, which is great. Um, at Walt Disney World. So um, we came in, or I came in uh, last Wednesday and you know, the tree was up at Magic Kingdom, the wreaths were up on Main Street. Um, Disney does a very quick reset with those decorations. Even the uh, overlay for um, the Jungle Cruise, the seasonal overlay for the Jungle Cruise at Magic Kingdom is called Jingle Cruise. So all those punny jokes that you hear (laughs) are Uh, here on um, on the Jungle Cruise, we're kind of switched over to a seasonal version, and, uh, you know, they've got, you know, a lot of the animatronics and stuff have Santa hats on them, and, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's in this, even the sign out front uh, is redecorated, uh, and the Jungle Cruise skippers have a little holiday, uh, holiday fun as well, so... Um, it, the, it, as far as other holiday decorations, you will see those uh, over at Hollywood Studios at Disney Springs, a little bit at Epcot, and also some over at Animal Kingdom. Um, you know, in the resort hotels as well. Uh, the one big change from holiday decor specifically this year, uh, we're used to seeing these wonderful grand gingerbread houses, not like little tiny things like you make on your dining room table at home, but these things that literally people sell gingerbread from you know inside up like you know you could some of them have electricity i think run into them they're they're that big um and they're wonderful you can google some pictures of years past um i've gone to them and bought gingerbread and and hot cider from some and sometimes they will be in some of the resort hotels i've actually seen some in one of the theme parks in times past as well so uh you know even with um and I'll i'll probably say this again later but just so you know, I don't forget even with some of the changes that have been made I still think I still think hundred percent that Walt Disney World the best time to visit is during the holiday season um, the uh, holiday character of Cavalcades are wonderful um, the music that is being played is wonderful it kind of puts you in the spirit the merchandise is great um, and I think you know it was it was an overall great experience. So I would highly recommend uh, thinking about booking a trip. There's some great discounts that you can get through the end of the year. If you have questions about that, feel free to contact me later. I don't charge anything for quotes or planning fees or anything like that. We'd love to talk to you more. So let's talk uh, some specifics about my trip experience before we get into a little bit more of the holiday update. Um, I didn't really start riding rides until about um, 2.30 last Wednesday. So I left to go to the park. About uh, 12 15 12 30 something like that stayed over at art of animation resort, and uh, I was actually um, The only person on the bus and it wasn't just a regular bus. It was a double bus. So that was pretty fun It's um, <laughs> not every day you get on a double bus let alone you know the one that kind of looks like an accordion in the middle let alone um, a, a, a double one that's completely empty so that was fun riding to the park, short, short ride to the parks. Didn't have to wait long at all for the bus um to to get there got out you know went through security um i decided intentionally to not take a backpack with me so i had my water bottle uh with me that i took and you know real quick stream through security so if you can go to the parks without uh, a backpack or a lot of extra stuff i highly recommend it it will make getting around the parks a lot easier it's a lot less of a headache you might be saying well what if i buy something well you can get it sent to the front of the park if you're staying on property uh, you know for a few more days you can get that sent to your resort uh, for no additional cost so um, you know there's a lot of things or you can just you know go back and buy whatever that item is at the end of the day you know if it's something that they have plenty of so a lot of different things, different ways you can get around that. But I'm just telling you, it makes a world of difference if you're not traveling with a lot of stuff. So I didn't start riding rides until around 2.30 p.m. And um, I rode a lot of them. So the park actually closed at 6. So I had about three and a half hours to ride. I spent the first couple of hours trying to hunt down my friend Jess, who's a cast member at Walt Disney World. Um, and also just kind of you know walking through some stores and you know getting the lay of the land and sort of getting the overall feel for, uh, for the place. But I started riding rides uh, around 2.30, and... Um, I started in Tomorrowland. Uh, Tomorrowland had the most noticeable difference for me as far as, you know, crowd levels, energy, excitement. Um, because the former Alien Encounter, former Stitch's Great, Great Escape building, you know, has been sh- closed for some time. Um, you know, it was kind of a temporary closure even before all the pandemic stuff was going on. Um, and then it, it was made official, you know, sometime over the last few months that that showed Stitch's Great Escape will not be coming back. Uh, you know, it had been coming back seasonally for a while, but it's for sure gone. And then right across the way, going into Tomorrowland off the hub, you see Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Um, that show has been temporarily paused uh, as well. So <clears throat> it, when you first walk into Tomorrowland, it doesn't seem like it's real crowded, but once you get in there, you get past um, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin over to Space Mountain. Um, the Astro Orbiter was up and running. Uh, and, you know, the Tomorrowland Speedway was up and running as well. So there's definitely a lot going on. Um, but that first initial entrance into Tomorrowland, it was not uh, not terribly crowded. The energy level was was a little off. But once you got in there, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun um, blasting Emperor Zurg and his minions <laughs> on the ride. Uh, I did not take a picture of my score, but, you know, that's okay. I had, I had fun on there. So I started riding rides at 2.30 um, in Tomorrowland and went from Buzz Lightyear over to Space Mountain. Um, And then went over to Tomorrowland Speedway, popped over to New Fantasyland and did Dumbo. Uh, and then did Seven Dwarves. So, so far, so far, those first four rides, the three into and then Dumbo, all of those had 15 minute wait, I would say at the most. Um, And you've got to factor in walking time too, uh, around the whole area. Then Seven Dwarves, uh, Seven Dwarves had about a 45, 50 minute wait. And, you know, some of the wait times were inflated. um, So, you know, that's one of the things that I've heard about people going into this is that many of the wait times were inflated. Not all of them. Seven Dwarfs was actually about right on point with the amount of time. You know, some of these rides have you know different cleaning cycles. Uh, not some of the rides. All the rides have cleaning cycles that they go through. Uh, ma- more major ones every two hours where they're detailed a little bit more. Um, you know, there, a lot of them are sprayed down. There's hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer stations all throughout the queue uh, for guests to use. And when you get off. So, um, you know, waiting for seven dwarves, you know, I, that has a really detailed queue. Um, it was mostly in the shade where I was and, you know, most people were respecting the social distancing. There were a couple of times, uh, when, when that was a little bit kind of muddy and cloudy <laughs> as far as what to do, especially when some of the switchbacks happened. Um, but uh, for the most part people respected the social distancing and again facial coverings were uh, Were enforced as well. So uh, as far as facial coverings go You may have heard or may not if you haven't been to the parks in a while or been keeping up that uh, Disney has um, yellow shirted cast members and those yellow shirted cast members were kind of scattered throughout and they were definitely out this day I was at Magic Kingdom scattered throughout kind of enforcing uh, the facial covering policy to make sure that guests were adhering to their guidelines And there's plenty of signage scattered about um, Basically saying that you would be asked to leave if you do not wear those facial coverings and guests have been escorted out as a result of not following uh, Those policies and you know, they're pretty hard and fast, but you know, they're trying to be fair to everyone Um, So, you know, they're not picking and choosing favorites here um, and trying to trying to be respectful to everyone's health uh, and safety along the way so Just be aware of that. And some people may say, well, that ruins the magic. You know, well, for me, honestly, it didn't. You know, I loved it. Uh, I've had uh, some friends and her daughter uh, go to Disney recently for the first time and absolutely loved it. Had an amazing time. They rode 11 rides. 11, count them, 1-1, 11 rides in two hours in Magic Kingdom the day that they went to Magic Kingdom because the crowds were so low. And this wasn't right after they opened. This was two weeks ago uh, when they went. So, Um, you know, some people say, you know, most of the low crowds are gone. That's that time has kind of passed. Well, you know, I kind of going back to when stuff was normal as far as crowd levels go, let's just chase that rabbit for a second. Um, I think that if you stay, you know, a week or two weeks away from a major holiday, uh, for the most part, the fuss will have died down and or not have quite ramped up yet. So if you're looking to go, um, to Walt Disney world at a great time, you know, that's why, you know, I, I normally recommend early November. That's why I recommend early May, because in early May, you're kind of past the Easter and spring break season, and you're not quite to uh, Memorial Day, you know, when a lot of, you know, children are getting out of school or being done with school, virtual school, in-person school, whatever kind of school they're in. Um, and in early November, you know, Halloween is finished, and the the th- you know, a lot of people are thinking about Thanksgiving plans. So, you know, if you think about it logically, Most folks, especially in the United States, are going to be less likely to travel in early November because a lot of people will be traveling in late November as far as family vacations go. So um, those are just kind of some patterns that I see. And there are some other times of year in February that you could say the same thing about. Um, and I would say you know because of the timing of some of these trips that I've seen lately uh, And especially with the, the mother and daughter that I just told you about you know, they went They had a great reason to celebrate and they had a great time did a lot of rides and created some amazing memories And I saw a lot of great pictures from their trip, uh, and it was a pleasure to be their travel agent through the process So again back to the ride started at 2 30 uh, did buzz uh, Space Mountain Tomorrowland Speedway Dumbo then seven dwarves waited about 45-50 minutes then over to Peter Pan Uh, The Peter Pan's flight wait time was probably about 20 or 25 minutes was much much lower much lower than what it normally is Uh, normally Peter Pan's flight is right up there with um, a wait with seven dwarves so Peter Pan was great the the line even kind of switched back a few times um, and uh, and And, you know, it was, it was, it was fine. There's no, you know, no real issues there. And I love the queue. It had been a while since I've done Peter Pan, um, just because of the wait time normally when I'm there, I'm not able to go and make it, but I forgot how detailed that queue is. It's a lot of fun to go through. Then from Peter Pan, walked over to Haunted Mansion and then did Pirates of the Caribbean and then over to Jingle Cruise. So, um, Jingle Cruise is the seasonal version, this kind of seasonal overlay version of Jungle Cruise again. Um, the animatronics and the cast members have Santa hats on. Um, the ones that the, the cast members, the skippers, uh, have on are kind of that sort of leopard print, kind of plain tan theme that sort of blends in with their costumes. Um, they're fun. They're having a good time. And it's just, a, it's just a great place, a great way to end the day. And that's where I did. So um, in three and a half hours, I did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, attractions. And, you know, that's not including the time that I spent – um, you know, going through some of the shops and talking to my family on the phone for a little bit, and some of the other things. So that's a very leisurely sort of stroll through Magic Kingdom um, during that part of the day, without really any specific plan. I just sort of started into Marland and then kind of went around that way. Um, so it was a great time. So before I started going on those rides, I did something very, very important, and that and that is I ate lunch. I had a late lunch. And I was trying to figure out, well, what I want to do? I knew Casey's Corner was not open, so I knew my, uh, my, my hot dog would not be an option there. So I started thinking, you know, where are some things that, uh, some places that I could go to eat, to, to um, participate in, or whatever, search out. Um, where are some places that I could go that I have not been before. And one of them that came to the forefront was uh, Sleepy Hollow. I had not been to Sleepy Hollow. Um, it's kind of on the edge of Liberty, Liberty Square, close to um, the hub, the main hub of the park. And I went all in for their sweet and spicy chicken waffle sandwich. So basically, it's a whole, it's a whole waffle, about yay big. It's got a little bit of maple syrup on it with this... Um, spicy sort of chicken fillet uh, right in there, and oh my goodness, it was so good. It had this sort of carrot, I think maybe like either uh, cucumber or zucchini slaw of some sort uh, that was put in there, and, and some house made like kettle chips that were pretty tasty. And oh my goodness, that thing was so good. I would get one another one of those in the heartbeat. If you've never had the sweet and spicy chicken and waffle sandwich from Sleepy Hollow, please go get it. Please, please go get it so it is delicious for sure so my buddy jared massey says in the comments that's amazing you covered a lot of ground yes i did (laughs) i i checked the uh you know the steps um on i think it was like the apple health app because i have an iphone and um i said like twenty five thousand steps at the end of the day or something like that so uh and that was really like a true uh a true half day experience in that park if you want to look at it that way so crowd. So let's talk about crowds for a second. If I had to kind of rank them on non-existent to low to moderate to high or very high, uh, I would put them in kind of the lower third. They weren't exactly non-existent, but for the time of day that I was there, which is essentially midday um, to to the end of the day, uh, I would say they are low to moderate. Um, I, I never felt like, you know, You know, I never felt uh, overwhelmed by the amount of people that that were there. Uh, You know, some of the stores have lines to get in. I maybe had to wait two minutes to get into the Emporium, which is the main store right there on Main Street USA, Magic Kingdom. Um, So, you know, it was was a good experience. So, again, I think it's all about timing and being strategic. Um, This is one of those times where, and I was thinking about this earlier today, where, um, you know, I, I would say most of the time, like, I'm an open-to-close park guy. Like, if, if I'm by myself, I want to be there first thing in the morning, stay there all day. I want to maximize my park experience. I want to do everything. I don't want to feel like I've got to rush from one thing to another. I just want to be there and and just kind of take it all in, if you will. Um, but in this particular instance, the way things are structured now, because certain things have been either temporarily paused and or eliminated, um, I, I think, you know, one could easily... Sp- Get most of the things they want to get in um, in a half day. Um, so I would say most of the parks are probably half day parks, unfortunately. So I'm normally like every day is a full day park. Could I have spent a, a 100% full day at Magic Kingdom? Yes, absolutely. But in this case, you know, I felt like I had a full day, you know, and I was only there, you know, maybe five and a half hours total. Um, so, um, you know, that was, you know, kind of how I felt about the crowd situation. wasn't bad. It was tolerable. Uh, great time to go. So, uh for so I already talked a little bit about transportation uh with the double bus situation being the only person on it. Um the monorail between Magic Kingdom and Epcot is still not currently running. Uh the resort loop uh monorail is running right now, but it only stops at the Grand Floridian and Contemporary Resort because the monorail station at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort is under construction uh, along with the total refurb that's going on for the main building there. So just be aware of that. If you're staying at um, Disney's Polynesian uh, Village Resort or the villas and the bungalows over at Polynesian, um, you can easily uh, walk to the transportation and ticket center and get on the monorail there. That will take you to Magic Kingdom um, because the Polynesian Village is actually super, super close. Super close. Uh, to the transportation ticket center in fact uh, you can see you know some of the buildings from it um, if you know kind of the the right direction to look down some of the paths, that will take you there so um, you know Polynesian Villas is are still a great place to stay in my opinion Uh, love the vibe there the pool is amazing the quick quick service is great too so Um, and Kono Cafe several of the places are still open in Polynesian at the Polynesian Village Resort the uh, facial coverings, so I mentioned that they were enforced. the yellow shirts were definitely out. Uh, I saw them at Magic Kingdom in- enforcing the facial coverings um, and at Hollywood Studios, um, I did not see the uh, yellow shirt cast members as much, but uh, Walt Disney World security uh, was helping enforce those a little bit more. Uh, more so than just, and, and also, you know, most of the standard, you know, or standard, the operations cast members. So when I say operation cast members, I mean the ones that are checking your seat belts when you're getting on the attractions. They're doing your, you know, your your pre ride spiel and and whatnot. So they were definitely uh, making sure people uh, were were using them properly. Um, holidays at Disney. So um, the holidays at Disney are. Uh, very special to me, because I've, I, as I've shared you know, multiple times on this show, uh, my wife and I honeymooned at Disney way back in 2006. Uh, we stayed in a Savannah View room at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, it was amazing. It was wonderful. It was a great experience, and I really hope to be able to go back there uh, and do that again soon. Um, the holidays at Disney, so I've talked kind of a little bit about what's going on in Magic Kingdom I'm going to read you kind of some direct quotes from Disney and then kind of break it down for you. Favorite Disney characters don their holiday best and celebrate the season in a series of special cavalcades complete with Christmas time floats and music. From Mickey and friends trimming a tree to Goofy and his pals whipping up a bake shop Full of scrumptious streets, character cavalcades bring holiday spirit to the streets of Magic Kingdom throughout the day and keep an eye out for Santa as he glides down the parade route in his sleigh. So um, the holiday cavalcade is more of a mini parade than it is strictly just a cavalcade. Um, it, it kind of seems like there's more to it. There's more substance to it, as far as the overall theming and production value of it. Um, the the little gingerbread house thing uh, where where Goofy is that that we that was just mentioned um, actually puts off an aroma, so it sort of draws you into that. Um, the uh, marching band that's at Disney, they're playing holiday music. Uh, the toy soldiers are marching around with them. So it, it, you know, Mickey, and Minnie, all the characters are in the holiday. Con- you know, costumes, Max, uh, Goofy's son is uh, driving around a car that has little peppermint wheels on it. You may actually recognize it because it has been out there before, but with a different character in it. Uh, Main Street USA is also the spot to catch the Holiday Trolley, uh, bringing festive harmonies from the Dapper Dance. So the Dapper Dans are definitely out. So they do sing from the Holiday Trolley, uh, as well as from the top of the train station. Um, you will you can see them uh, singing and greeting guests and their favorite Barbershop style of music uh, singing some great holiday tunes Um, Guests just also may see some toy soldiers uh, joining the Main Street Philharmonic as we just mentioned as they march through the Magic Kingdom Uh, At night holiday magic brings a festive look to Cinderella Castle. So the wonderful famous dream lights those sort of bright uh, deep bright white castle lights that we've seen for many years in the past are not there but uh, they're often offering some very special projection effect shows producing a kaleidoscope of designs including festive stripes and dots a whimsical christmas sweater look everybody loves a good christmas sweater so why not put one on Cinderella's castle right Uh, a jeweled winter castle and a regal overlay of red green and gold ornamentation uh, ornamentation sure to provide a perfect colorful backdrop Uh, for holiday photos so it's a great place to go I've seen a lot of great shots of the castle so when I was there uh, a lot of the decor was out they had a lot of you know even I think some of the, the holiday treats Uh, Available for purchase and a lot of the you know merchandise available for purchase But they were not doing the the castle projection shows uh, just yet and I've seen some great pictures It looks amazing and incredible Um, Disney's Animal Kingdom, so let's talk about animal, animal Kingdom real quick I did not make it over there, but they do definitely do have a few things going on Holiday fun returns to Disney's Animal Kingdom bringing unique seasonal decor and a flurry of festive flotillas That's a great thing to say Really fast a flurry of festive flotillas. So yeah, five times fast. Uh, with favorite Disney characters sailing down the Discovery River to a jolly holiday soundtrack. So you know we've they've done these kind of floating um, flotillas or kind of holiday cavalcades on the uh, on the water through Animal Kingdom. You'll we'll see them they'll go on, they'll kind of you know go around some of the lakes and in in ponds and under bridges and stuff kind of playing music it's fun you know you can kind of take your picture and get a socially distant selfie with them and uh it definitely brings a lot of joy i think uh there's also donald's dino bash festive flotilla uh, it takes its seasonal celebration to the water with character friends waving to everyone as they pass or and Chip and Dale jingle through the jungle, bringing their own style of holiday flair to the river. The Discovery Island drummers cruise along, entertaining guests on the shore with an energetic holiday beat. And when Santa Claus makes the trek to Disney's Animal Kingdom, he'll spread the joyous spirit of the season to all he sees along the way. So, yes, Santa is definitely present throughout the parks, which is awesome. Over at Hollywood Studios, guests visiting Hollywood Studios will get their own visit from Santa when he brings glitz and glamour to motorcade down Hollywood Boulevard, led by an entourage of elves and riding in his candy apple red convertible packed with presents. And just in time for the holiday season, for the first time in forever, a frozen sing-along celebration adds a festive finale featuring everyone's favorite snowman Olaf and celebratory songs of the season. So Um, The Frozen sing-along is back at Disney's Hollywood Studios. It was one of the shows um, that had been on hiatus for quite some time, so I'm really excited to see it back, and they're adding a bunch of seasonal songs in there as well, which is a lot of fun. After dark, the iconic Hollywood Tower Hotel on Sunset Boulevard will twinkle with projection effects as it becomes a Hollywood Holiday Tower Hotel, magically transforming into a Muppets gingerbread masterpiece, a Toy Story toy hotel in a snowy corner of Arendelle and... uh, dickensian village inspired by mickey's christmas carol so it's so cool i've seen that before in person um and it's such a neat thing to see um it's just like the way the projection technology works it's almost as if the building is just transforming right there before your very eyes same thing with Cinderella's castle it's such 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 an amazing experience i think Um, Over at Disney Springs, the holidays arrive on Disney Springs on November the 7th, which was three days ago, uh, when the area will transform into a winter wonderland full of sparkling lights, enchanting decor, and holiday surprises. Disney Springs is the place to find the perfect gift for everyone. And here a guest will want to take a break and savor the comforting flavors of the season. So there are a lot of, there's basically, there's a lot of great food. There's a lot of great merchandise. Um, You'll be able to see some great uh, Christmas trees as well uh, along the Christmas tree stroll over at Disney Springs. Occasionally we will have some DJs out as well playing some tunes. And uh, you may even see Santa Mrs. Claus out there. So um, there is a lot of, there's a lot going on, a lot of merchandise, a lot of great food, uh, a lot of great things to see and experience. So one thing I want to tell you is that um you know I, I believe, continue to believe as I've said earlier that Walt Disney World is an amazing place to go during the holiday season. So I hope that you'll consider a trip. It's still not too late to book one. There's still a lot of great deals uh, to be had. If you have any questions about it, please let me know. So last but not least, please don't forget my special guest we have coming up here in just a few weeks, uh, Mr. McNair Wilson, who's a former Disney Imagineer. He met Walt Disney as a child, uh, and that story is amazing. Uh, He'll probably share a few stories of how he worked with his boss, Marty Sklar, who worked directly under Walt Disney himself. Maybe a tidbit or two, and maybe even some travel advice. So um, I hope you'll have an amazing night. Thank you so much for watching and uh, or listening. If you're out there in podcast land to Travel Tips Tuesday, and we will see you again very, very soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Travel Tips Tuesday. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.